Okay, so guys. Oh, they can see our, our setup. It's okay, we can crop it. Guys, I'm about to talk to Mustafa and Brandon. Are we actually recording right now? Broncos. Okay. <gasps> and Brandon Alvis has entered the waiting room. Brandon has entered the building. Brandon's in the building. Also, they're from Annie's Ghost Hunters, if you didn't already know. Hi! Hello, hold on here, hold on. <laughs> there we go. Can you guys hear me? There you go. Yeah, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you guys fine. Awesome. Perfect. Gotta get this angle here. There we go. That looks good. Perfect. Ooh, I, like the whole thing. I like the brick wall thing you have going on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not bad, huh? I like it. We have a black wall. Nice. <laughs> that works. With the with the branding behind there, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Full upgraded eventually. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it works. It works. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, not a problem. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Of course. I know you guys so are super busy, but. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's been crazy uh, in a good way, crazy in a bad way, both uh, strange times, but it's, uh, it's, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. I know. It's like we're living in a movie or something. This is just, it's yeah. just weird. Yeah, oh, it's very strange. Uh, all right, hold on. Let's get this stop in here. Let's make it a party. Make it a party. It's a lovely picture. It's an awesome picture. It looks like an A&E picture. <laughs> it is an A&E picture. There we go. Hey. <laughs> okay. Look at you driving. <laughs> no, I'm not now. I stopped the car, um, but I can drive if you think that'll make the podcast a little more dynamic. <laughs> you guys see me okay? We're good? Yeah, good. we can see you great. All right, cool. Yeah, all right, great. Cool. <laughs> okay, so I'm Katie. This is Mandy. We're crazy. Hello. Hi. And we're <laughs> big fans of both of you. Oh, Awesome. Yeah. All the ghost hunters. I mean, even the original, like everything. We yeah. have been into this shit for Followed a long it from the beginning. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. We don't want to hear about them. Just talk about us. That's, well, that's <laughs> why we asked you to be on the show. You're our favorite. That's why we asked you to yeah. both come on together. <laughs> yeah, awesome. it's fun watching you two riff off of each other on TV because we're like, yeah, their personalities are pretty awesome. So. We want Oh, thank, you. <laughs> thank you guys. <laughs> so we're not, we don't usually, the way we do this is we usually just have a conversation. We don't have like a whole bunch of questions and stuff written down for you guys. It's just kind of, we just kind of want to shoot the breeze and see how it goes. And learn about it. Yeah. yeah. Let's do <laughs> it. See what's up. Yeah. <laughs> so obvious. How did you guys, whoever wants to go first, how did you guys get into wanting to be, for lack of better terms, ghost hunters? You know what I mean? And get into the paranormal. What got you guys into it? Go for it, Masada. Whoever wants to go first. All right, I'll go. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I'll keep, I'll keep it short and sweet because I, uh, 
but basically the, the, the house that I had moved into, um, when I was a kid with my family, uh, was haunted. Uh, we moved in our, that first night. I'll never forget it. Um, you know, while my mom is like making everybody dinner, you know, Eastern European mom, she has to do everything and more. Uh, we had moved in everything in that day into the living room and then, uh, you know, we're eating and then I saw her walk into the living room and then she starts speaking Albanian to my dad and me as a kid, I always know like, oh man, some, some shit's going down. <laughs> so I, I uh, go into the living room and I see that all of our, the stuff that we had moved in, which was in the center of the living room was now moved. It was moved towards the, the back of the living room. And, you know, my dad's like telling her to calm down or whatever. And, uh, you know, and they saw me standing there like, get out of here. I'm like, all right. And then, uh, later on that night, I'm, I'm sleeping in the, uh, and you know, our upstairs bedroom with my older brother. And, um, we're, we hear these noises and our room is right above the kitchen, the way it was situated. So we look at each other and, we're like, oh, okay, well, what's that? So we go down like the Goonies, like going down the stairwell, <laughs> yeah. we're walking out a long stairway in the, in the middle of the room and uh, the noise is getting louder and louder and louder. And it's just, just amazing kind of well, something seriously right out of a movie. And um, we can't believe that we're living it. And then we go and we see where the noise is coming from and it's coming from the kitchen. So then we walk into the kitchen. We just stand in the doorway and we see all of the cabinets in the uh, kitchen uh, just moving, opening and closing the drawers, the drawers, what? the dressers, all of them moving, opening, closing. So my older brother and I look at each other and we're like, oh, this is awesome. oh, and, uh, our, our mom, I guess, heard us like being really excited. And she walks down the stairs and she stands there. She sees it too. And she's freaking out and she sends us upstairs. And then I think the next day, my great grandfather, who was a, a hoja, like, you know, we're Muslim, we, uh, family's Muslim, grew up Muslim, and he was a holy man. Um, he came and he blessed the house and that didn't fucking help. And then um, we still have like, activity and, and stuff happen uh, throughout the year. So for me, it was always like, although there was activity that occurred in the house a lot, there was nothing that was ever that crazy. And then as the years progressed, I was always really sick and tired of hearing my parents like anytime anything went wrong in the home it was like you know they blamed it on the gin they said it's a gin in the house it's a gin it's like you know our, our marriage sucks it's like it's the gin it's like no it's because you got an arranged marriage at 17 mom that's why you're fucking the, your marriage <laughs> like, you, know, like, you know or like oh you don't we don't have any money it's the gin he's cursing us it's like no dad you have an eighth grade uh, education in macedonia and you're investing in stocks and like you know the, all you've ever done was like manage restaurants your whole life like that's that's why we don't have any money so i kind of went to go and uh disprove the existence of of gin and then i i heard about paranormal investigating and uh, i read books about paranormal phenomenon and then uh i kind of I'd have a lot of family members who they noticed, they knew everybody in our family knew that our house was the haunted house. So they would always like come to me and I was like really religious and they'd be like, Oh, I am having stuff going on. So I would go and basically try to investigate their home cases, but with, from the effect, like from the viewpoint of like, let me just help you with your personal problems, but I'm going to do the whole paranormal investigating almost as like a, like a dog and pony show. But then what I had noticed was the more I would dig into uh, these home cases, like I'd come across phenomena I really didn't understand. And I was left with more questions than answers. And from that point forward, I was hooked. It was always constantly just trying to disprove, like, was I crazy? Did I really see what I saw? And um, I, I remember it as clear as day. And 
I think, you know, Brandon will agree. Like, you know, a lot of the cases that we've done together, it's like, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm more of a, I'm more interested and more of a believer than I've ever been in a really, really long time. That is so fascinating. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God, tell me more. Here's, here's what I got from that story is you saw cabinets opening and closing and like drawers coming out and closing. And you're like, yeah. I mean, nothing too crazy happened. Yeah, was, <laughs> like, most people don't see that. It was about four out of ten, you know. It was, uh, it was just pretty. Yeah, but the, the crazy thing was like, no, yeah, documented. That's the see best that. part. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was definitely really cool. But that's, yeah, that's where it started for me. That's awesome. Well, it makes sense. That, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that get me hooked. What yeah. about you, Brandon? You know, my story is a bit different than Mustafa's, but, uh, you know, in 1995, I lost my oldest brother to cancer. And in 2004, I lost another brother to suicide. So that kind of set me on my journey into the paranormal. And uh, like Mustafa, before I actually ever stepped foot out into the field, I started to read as much as literature as possible about ghosts and hauntings because I, I had to grow up at a very young age. I had to learn and cope with death and learn about the possible existence of a life after death. So I wanted to read as much as I could about psychic phenomena, hauntings and ghosts. And then uh, I got into it. Uh, I started to actually go out and actively investigate. And I started an organization called American Paranormal Research Association in 2006. And uh, actually before I ever stepped foot in the field, I reached out to various professionals from technical industries, you know, medical doctors, engineers, scientists that have helped me remain grounded in scientific principle and going out there and trying to find um, empirical evidence and factual data to support these claims, these millions of claims every year of people experiencing paranormal phenomena, ghostly phenomena. So that's kind of where it started for me. It was more of a personal um, angle to get into it. Uh, I never really had an experience like Mustafa. I never, I didn't live in a haunted house. I didn't really have any paranormal experiences. It was more about thinking about the possibility of life after death. And that's really what threw me into this field. I love that. I love that. Do you, so first, let me send, I'm sorry to hear about your brothers. Yeah. I too have lost a brother to suicide. I know how hard that is uh, on that level. Um, have you, just out of curiosity, have you had any experiences from family members ever? You know, uh, nothing that I would say is an encounter or uh, an experience per se, but over the years, I've always had psychics approach me in public, at events, various parts of the country that always tell me the same thing, which is kind of interesting. You know, there's a correlation there, a pattern that bring up my brothers. So that's you know, maybe that's an encounter. Maybe that's a way for them to reach out to me. But uh, it's never been a goal of mine or uh, something I wanted to do by trying to reach out to them to speak with them. I was always just more interested in the uh, the possibility of an ultimate transition. But having these psychics throughout the country reach out to me and, and, and tell me very similar things, uh, it's definitely something to think about. That's for sure. That's really cool. Yeah, that is really cool. I have seen my brother one time. I think I've heard him once. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty cool. All right, let me guys ask you what you think about this. So I've been into the paranormal, like, for my entire life. But as I got older and had kids, this really, so we've had a few experiences, and most of them involved my kids seeing them more than, than myself. But my daughter, when she was probably two, three, something like that, 
we were getting in the car. I had, was dropping her off at my parents' house and um, I was putting the baby, I had a baby also in a carrier. So I'm putting the baby in the car and my three-year-old said, mommy, what happened to that boy's face? And I looked and there's no boy. You know, I said, oh, I don't know, you know. And I said, we gotta go, mommy's gonna be late. So I put her in the car and we're driving down the road. And a few minutes later, she is just cracking up in the back seat. And I'm like, what's so funny? And she said, mommy, the boy's flying next to the car. And I was like, awesome. Easy. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so, so then I dropped her off my parents' house, went to work. Didn't think anything about it after that. You know, I was like, oh, it's weird. She's a three-year-old. So the next day, same thing. I get them in the car, take them to my parents' house. And I'm running late as usual. So I'm like, hurry up. You got to get in the house. You got to get in the house. And she's like, mommy. I said, what? She said, that boy is standing in the road. And I was like, okay. All right. So I'm like, well, you know, tell him bye. We got to go. I got to go to work. And <clears throat> literally from that day, for two years until we moved out of that house she, even the day we moved into our new house she mentioned this boy and there were times when she'd be like it never happened when my husband was around ever and then eventually she started seeing this one called the monster that the little boy was afraid of and she would see him and she'd say mommy see i told you he was here he's right there and i'm like oh yeah you know cool and um then when she said the monster was coming downstairs, I would like freak out. Like that scared me and I would go to my parents' house and take, take her with me. But I mean, have you heard stories like that? That like literally the, for two years straight, she mentioned this kid. Even when I was home alone, sometimes I'd hear someone say mommy and think it was my kids and realize they're not there, you know? Oh yeah, no, it's, it's common with children, especially, you know what I mean? Uh, they're more perceptive to all this stuff, you know, and same with animals. It's a, something I've noticed in my time investigating the paranormal, you hear a lot of stories, just like you mentioned. And a lot of times uh, you can pick up what some refer to as hitchhikers. You know what I mean? Maybe this little boy had some connection with your daughter in some capacity. Maybe he reminded, she reminded him of someone in life and uh, somehow was wanting to get a story across in some capacity. So I've heard of stories very similar to that. And I do think it's a common phenomenon. More, it, happens, it probably happens more often than people realize, to be honest. Right. That's really cool. Yeah, because yeah. when I would bring it up to people, they'd be like, have you had her um, talk to a psychiatrist? I'm like, no, she's great. <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, it went away when we moved, so. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Of all of the locations that you guys have been to, what is your favorite? Oh, that's, that's tough. I mean, there's, there are favorites for, for different reasons. I, I think for what, we're going for um there's two that ring out in my mind but i'll i'll say the one that i like uh, the the most personally was a uh, the halsingland hotel in haynes alaska mm -hmm. just um i think the amount of time you know there was like a 41 to 43 second kind of interval where so many different things happened i don't know if you guys seen that that particular case but yeah. um yeah so at that same moment where Daryl uh, on his body cam, where he captured that amazing, you know, full body apparition peeking out of the corner um, right before that happened, I had experienced one of the witnesses claims, which is, um, you know, uh, paralysis for a few seconds. So about for about five seconds, I couldn't move my arms. And I was so like pissed off because I like, I looked to the camera and I was like, I'm really 
angry right now is like because I'm experiencing exactly what the witnesses, uh, you know, the witness experience, what they claim it was. But there's like, I wish there was a way to document this. That that what I'm feeling is like as I'm saying that we start getting pressure changes on our data logger when nothing else was going off. But then what's really interesting is right when I said like I can't move my arms, Daryl's like, yeah, I, I, Daryl's like, I feel tension in my lower back. So when we go back to review the evidence, at, in that time period, we had crazy drops in barometric pressure. So that's one. Um, two, not only did Daryl get the full body apparition on his body cam that he saw with his own eyes that caused him not once on, on the show, it showed him get charged once and he got scared. Right. And then what they didn't put in the show, and I, maybe because Daryl, you know, it kinda, it's kind of hilarious to kind of bitch him out a little bit because he's standing there. He's like, all right, you got me. You got me. You know, Daryl, Mr. Tough Guy. He's yeah. like, you got me. You got me once. Try it again. You won't get me again. And like 15 seconds later, the fucker got him again. And he's like, ah, and he like ran and jumped, jumped into the room. So there was that, that happened twice. But then when we went back to review the evidence, uh, Brandon had set up the e, uh, EMCCD camera, the electron multiplying camera at the end of the hallway. And people had reports of seeing this mist uh, or a fog. And we captured that on the EMCCD. So also when we go to review the audio, and they didn't put this in the show, um, which was when Daryl says, right before he says, I feel tension in my lower back. You hear like a guttural old man's voice say, I feel attention in my lower back. And then Daryl goes, Shut I feel attention in my lower back. Yeah. So it's like, did it predict what he was going to say or influence what he said? I don't know. And then at that same time, a few seconds later, when Daryl's getting charged, you hear someone say what sounds like it's me, it's me like going through or whatever it was he was saying. And it was the same voice. And Oh, the other thing I forgot was right before all this started happening, um, I think it was just me and a producer who was all the way at the like other end of the, the hallway. Uh, we both smelled mothballs at like the same time. So it was really interesting. And then again, another thing that didn't freaking film I'm so fucking pissed, but I got it on my camera and I put it up on the YouTube uh, page um, was we're down there and then we're setting up the EMCCD camera for uh, Kristen and Rochelle who are about to go on a run and a FLIR. And we got all crazy kinds of stuff. I mean, footsteps and then, aberrations that newspaper the yeah that no, newspaper yeah. that, that had the nuts. number of the room that was upstairs <laughs> yeah 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 so yeah. that was like <laughs> it was we were wigging out so like i think for what brandon and i are really trying to accomplish and then this is like that's something i have to credit him for is like he was he's he was always like okay let's move away from just you know the fucking jump scares let's move away from like old hats let's really really put our best foot forward and document this stuff and subject it to scientific scrutiny. And in doing that, like, I know that there are a lot of investigators out there, especially ones on TV, and I'm not going to mention anybody by any names or whatever, but it's like, they really do try to stay away from that because it's going to more often than not prove that your stuff that you're finding is very, very easily explained. But I think it's way more important to, to, you know, be wrong a thousand times. And then that thousand and first time when you actually capture something fucking incredible and legitimate yeah. that no one can explain that scientists can't explain. It's like, yeah, that's, you know, now I can say with confidence, like, that's probably a fucking ghost. Like it's, it's really, really cool. 
So yeah, Alaska for me, just for the sheer variation of different kinds of phenomenon that was all captured in the same place generally, mm -hmm. I think is, and then like Brandon said, like, you know, that newspaper that we were led to out of nowhere, like we're, I, we were wigging out. Like I, I, you had to have been there, but I recorded a lot of it on my phone. So it was, it was in the was middle. Really... We were literally standing there <laughs> and setting up the camera. And then we turn around and there's a newspaper in the middle of the floor. It wasn't there. Like, minutes before that's crazy it's like what the hell and, and we started to read it was a newspaper from like 1950 or something like that yeah and then, yeah and the news that like the number of the paper said like edition whatever was the same number as the room that uh -huh. you guys had the entity sticking its head out and you caught yeah. the body cam in the same area where we got the mist so it's like what the hell are the odds yeah, yeah. <laughs> see when we've gone on ghost investigations we go with like paranormal groups because we're not one but um <laughs> you know, but generally there's like too many people there you know what i mean oh yeah so i'm like when like i that, hear like, you guys pollution. talking i'm like all right we have some of our own shit like we need to go and just do it but we're too scared <laughs> to go by ourselves but i'd rather go by ourselves because like if there's a bunch of other people there making fucking noise you're like shut up i don't know what's going on yeah but that's how yeah. you like you guys were alone in that section and that's how you found it but I know if that was us, we would be fucking terrified. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think honestly, what kind of like like sh like I'm not gonna shields us from whatever that fear is because it does get like you know it is spooky, but um, we're 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 kind of going in there with a very singular mindset, and it's it's we're truly truly excited at the prospect of coming across something that is going to not only be one. Um, fucking cool but also very very uh possibly make a breakthrough in a field that is in dire dire need of some like established protocol so like that's that's what we're working for so it's like like where where else are you gonna be like this is what we want to do it's like what else are you gonna be you're gonna be on a freaking couch streaming friends for the millionth time it's like fuck that like i'd, I'd much rather be doing this i would too but you know some of the places around here you'd need approval yeah <laughs> i'm like we'll get arrested if we go in there my husband is like he's a, a relic hunter and like military he's like i could show you all these abandoned haunted ass houses around here and katie's like let's go and i'm like no we're not allowed to be there we'll get arrested do it do it <laughs> well, well brandon what's what, what was what was your favorite place dude Oh, you know, I, I'd have to probably say Fort Stanton, uh, not yeah. only because the unbelievable amount of history associated with the place, but uh, the uh, um, the credibility associated with our, our eyewitnesses, you know, these these people that work for a state park system that were, I mean, credible. And everything they told us seemed to be legit, but this is one of the first locations we obviously use the EMCCD camera, the electron multiplying camera. And that's where the huge breakthrough started, right? U utilizing this camera down the same hallway where one of our eyewitnesses claimed to see this apparition over and over again over a span of years. And uh, we utilized that camera. We had this amazing figure that you guys see in the episode mm -hmm. of Fort Sand where it peeks its head out. Very similar <laughs> to what happened uh, in Alaska, which is a, a get, yet again, we're looking for those patterns. We're looking for those trends and we're starting to see that. Um, especially between Alaska and Fort Stanton, but I'd have to say Fort Stanton, man. What a yeah. breakthrough. We figured out that we may have a possible uh, explanation as to the mechanics behind manifestations of ghosts, and that would be through photon events and the matter associated with that. So that to me was a huge moment and a place that I'll never forget. Yeah. That's amazing. That is.
that, that it's always Alaska and Fort Stanton with me. It's always like, I love those two places, man. I remember watching the Alaska episode and I was like, I'm watching it again. Like, turn on the- <laughs> that was one of the best episodes. And I was literally like, oh my God, look at this shit. I'm like, baby, watch this episode. <laughs> it was crazy. I know. It was so yeah. good. What was it like for you guys? Because you guys went remote this last season. So what was that like? I mean, what was travel like going to bumfuck America? Like being, so like, please. So like, okay, you're in these little itty bitty places. I can only imagine the amount of, you know, flights aside, how long you were in a car or a truck or a bus or what have you to get to these places. What was that like for you guys? Crazy. I mean, yeah, it was, it was nuts. It was a lot of, uh, it was a lot of travel. It's tough being away from, you know, family, especially when you got stuff going on at home. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get all the clamp talking about it, but like, honestly, I traveling with like, you know, Brandon, um, is fucking, is fucking great, man. I mean, we, we really do make the most of it and we're blasting out with like dope ass playlists and we definitely had our clicks in the car it was like okay i'm gonna travel with like brandon and daryl because we have the music that we like and this is the vibe that we have so like we're gonna go we're gonna do that so uh it was nuts but um it really did feel cool because it's like wow you're you're, you're doing something that nobody else has ever done before like this is this shit that's written about like this is the stuff that's written about in books and, and with our book like literally it's like uh, you know, plug, but like, you know, we're literally fucking living what people write about and dream about. So it's like, yeah, it sucked at some points. It's not easy. Like, you know, when you're on the road for three weeks straight, you know, and your, you know, your wife or your, your girlfriend's calling you and they're crying and, you know, they miss you and stuff and that sucks. And I'm FaceTiming with my kids and it's like, ah, oh, that blows. But to me, I think it's better to set that example of like, well, now I'd better go and fucking make the most of this. Um, and, you know, set a good example for, you know, my kids and do something good for uh, as corny as it sounds like my family name. Like this is, this is it. Like, you know, you're out there and you're, you're doing the good work, you know? Exactly. And people don't realize, cause I mean, they see a 42 minute episode. They don't realize the ex- extreme amount of hours that we are going through to not only get to a location, but once we're there, all the investigation, the research, the analysis, all of these different things that people will never see or really never understand unless you've actually been there and, and experienced it. So um, it was great, you know, traveling with Mustafa and Daryl and being a part of uh, our, our long car rides because you don't get a lot of time to let off steam. You know what I mean? You just really yeah. don't. And those were times that we had an opportunity to do that. And we, we had some really good times for sure. Yeah, it was dope. I mean, you dope. guys have the best job in the world. Like, literally, <laughs> best job in the world. I, I mean, I do hair, and it's, like, fun, I guess. But <laughs> hunting ghosts is, like, my shit. Like, that's yeah. That's the best. You guys have the best yeah, job. It's, you guys have the coolest and job in the world. Mustafa, <laughs> I get it, because I have kids, too, and that would be so yeah. fucking heart-wrenching if they, like, video. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you know, Brian and Rochelle have kids, too, and you know, Daryl's got kids. Daryl's a, a granddad, so, you know, it's it's tough. But, um, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. He he's got the grandpa beard. I mean, come on, <laughs> <laughs> old man Daryl. I know. It was definitely really. Uh, yeah, it was. It was awesome. But like you know, you mentioned like, oh, it's like the greatest jobs in the world. But like Brandon will talk about this, especially when we first started the show. It's like we still had 
other jobs. Like I still mm-hmm. write for Distractify. So like there would be three, four days at a time. It's like we wouldn't sleep when Brandon was, was still working and he had his, his job. He was working remote. It's like, you know, okay, investigation's done. Now I have to set aside four hours to like cram all this other work I got to do in. Like you can't even sleep. You have like 40 minutes before your call time. So it's just, you just lay down in like a dark hotel room and then hope that like parts of your brain shut down and then you wake up and yeah, we were, we were definitely Landall's Mohican castle. I don't think I slept at all. Like I, I didn't sleep for like five days. Yeah. But it was dope. It was worth it. You know, you live in your dream. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Amazing. It's I'm, I'm super jealous, but yeah, you should be. It's great. <laughs> so you guys are working on a project together. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, we are we are very lucky to have signed a deal with uh, Llewellyn Worldwide, which is one of my favorite publishers uh, out there. They've been publishing books for 116 years, some crazy number like that. And uh, Mustafa and I have been working very hard on a book, and I think that people are really going to like it. Uh, someone close to us that's seen it uh, refers to it as the Grey's Anatomy of the Paranormal. So uh, I think that oh, I can't wait to read it. Yeah. Not, people, the, but that's not like, the shitty TV show, the actual. For that type of, for that type of, uh, yeah, the shitty TV show. If, for that type of like acclaim, though, I mean, that's that's a comment for you. Yeah, yeah. no, it's great, you know, and it's 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 one thing for us to sit there and write it and you know go back and forth and work on this thing, but it's always different to see someone else read it. Cause for us, it's things that we lived and we experienced and uh, our ideas and our opinions that we share, but it's, it's another thing to have people we know read it and, and say, Hey man, this is something, something special. So we're really excited about it and I can't wait to get it out there. And I can't wait for uh, the field to hopefully adapt some of the things we talk about in the book. Yeah. Is there a release date? It's going to be uh, early, I think first quarter, 2021. It's going to, it's going to come out. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Definitely look for that. Definitely. Um, is there actually another Grey's Anatomy thing that's not the show? No. Okay, you guys are joking. Okay. <laughs> no, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a. I was really a, a manual, like it's a book yes. about yeah, anatomy. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's where the show got the name. You uncultured swine. What do you? <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, the Bible. Like, wasn't that like a PBS series? It's like, no, it's. <laughs> Isn't that produced by Mark Burnett? <laughs> I was like, not the shitty TV show. What's the other great uh, <laughs> All right. Yeah, the book. I didn't know the there book. was a book. That oh, no, no, no worries. No worries. We're just, yeah, it's fine. We're, we're fucking with you. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't say that, but I was so curious that I decided to. No, it's fine. So what did you guys, so the last episode I watched of um, Ghost Hunters, was the Waverly Hills one because mm-hmm. I want to go there so bad. We actually know someone who used to work there, Jesse, mm-hmm. who used to work there. Oh, okay. Um, but Grant was like so excited to bring you guys there. And I, I thought Brandon, Brandon, I thought you were going to jump out of your damn skin. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what are some of the crazy things that you, is there anything that didn't get on the show that you experienced at Waverly? <sighs> Um, not really not really i think they kind of yeah, captured all that and it made yeah. I mean, the moment for me that really sticks out is when we got locked in the death tunnel i mean that's <laughs> what a moment is that you know what i mean okay. and that was crazy okay. to have the owner tina actually 
come back out to the death tunnel with her huge prison key yeah. ring with all these different keys <laughs> on it and have to actually unlock us was shocking for her and shocking for all of us because you we can't lock it it's literally it takes a key on both sides yeah so i mean that was a moment that was intense especially because that actually set off a chain of events i think are very interesting that later uh correlated with uh mustafa and daryl's experience on i think was it the third floor or the fourth floor i think it was the third floor and the fourth floor was uh the the roof yeah so it was the third floor. And that, that was what's, that's what's really interesting is because it's kind of frustrating because we're seeing these shadow figures, you know, I'm there investigating with Brandon. It's like, yo, are you seeing stuff? You're seeing stuff and we're seeing it on the flare. And it always kind of felt like really tentative. And, you know, you go into these investigations and, you know, Brandon and I, um, from our first investigation that we ever did together, just didn't even go on TV. Like we always kind of had this, Oh, I know what you're thinking. Okay, cool. Let's, let's, let's go down this path. And, um, it was just the whole talking about the, you know, the death and the tuberculosis and like all the sadness there. I'm like, God, like, what would these entities like, you know, want to, want to do? Like what, like, how would they live, you know, not survive, live. Like, you know, if you have a friend who's in the hospital, you're not going to want to like, I'm so man, you look terrible and stuff. You want to go there and crack jokes and try to make them feel like they're not in a goddamn hospital. So that's when the idea that like, you know, we had like based off of what happened to us in the death tent, I was like, yo, are they trying to prank us? And I remember saying to Brandon, like, we're done. I'm like, dude, I feel like something's trying to fuck with us. And the cameraman's like, yep. you can't curse. And I was like, I feel like something's trying to mess with us. And <laughs> so, trying to, you can't curse. <laughs> fuck you, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, yeah, fuck you, Eric. That's what happened. Well, not only that. Yeah, when we're standing there, I mean, at the very beginning of the whole scenario, we're standing at the very top of this death tunnel that goes, I mean, way down into the earth. I mean, it's actually kind of intimidating to see. And you hear this classic ghost moan, like the <laughs> toys you see in Halloween. Like, it sounded just like that. It was like, this is weird. Yeah. This is yeah. goofy. Hell and then yeah. that's where Mustafa started going down that path. And yeah. it's it, it paid off later, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I would probably pass out but yeah. i want to believe that i would, I would die yeah. yeah i would say the the only the only thing is like you when daryl and i were getting those interactions like what the only thing they didn't show was how many times we basically reconfirmed like okay so do you do you know that paranormal investigators come here do you prank them and then we got hits on our data logger then we started talking again about like tuberculosis and sickness nothing then we went again mm -hmm. like so did you prank you know brandon and i when we were in the uh, death tunnel the, 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 in the tunnel boom and then we started getting pressure hits so there was a lot of back and forth but i do you know so many times there's like ah why didn't they put this in the show but i felt like they did a good job of like sh like you know capturing that in essence but like that went on for way longer than was shown in the show and then even when we were at whirly hospital in pampa texas which was the season one finale brandon and i i think it was like something like 27 minutes long maybe even longer of just constant back and forth and just like you know yes and no like yes question boom 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 getting hits and it was it was great that first place that you guys went i can't remember where it is pocatello uh, high school uh, no it was like that town where like half the town seemed to like want your guys's help and then the other half oh. was angry or what where the car got like, where the car got when you were driving yeah. it and like a big old dent yeah. on it. so what what was that what happened did you figure that out 
we still have no idea what the hell happened in that situation at all. Um, yeah. We do know that there was a lot of um, animosity towards us in some situations, but majority of the town, 99% of the town loved us. We loved them. They brought us gifts. They brought us food, everything. It was great. Yeah. It was a really good experience. Part of the Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they actually made us part of the city. Exactly, we're part of the city now, you know. But uh, it's not normal to walk around a town and have a man walk out of the riverbed and walk up to Grant, myself, and Brian and say, "Hey, guys, I'll show you where the killing happens." That's not normal, you know what I mean? And then later, Mustafa and Daryl have an encounter with a man that is arrested, uh, threatened that he was was just released. I mean, he was just released from prison like four hours earlier. What? So, yeah, 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 yeah. And then not so, only that, you know, Daryl and Mustafa are waiting to go into one of the buildings, which we, you know, had full access to, but we had to lock everything up when we were done because apparently there was problems. And uh, when our, one of our producers walks up to Daryl and Mustafa and says, the cops just came by and said, be aware of this guy wearing a hat. Oh, yeah, like, I guess it was a red hat. And, Mm-hmm. I guess he had like an axe or something like that. Was it or a weapon or something? I, I can't remember yeah. exactly. An axe. Yeah. Well, yeah. what was really interesting was I I was talking with uh, one of my um, I was talking with my cousin, and then and also I think Rochelle's uh, husband had mentioned it too, and we forgot about that. But when they looked at the damage done to the side of the car, and I went and I talked, I showed my cousin the photos too. He was like, "Dude, that looks like buckshot." like in the side of the car like that looks like seriously someone tried to spray like the car was like a shotgun like buckshot just like trying to hit it so it was loud and it was right by brandon's head like it was uh it was it was nuts like yeah so i don't know maybe someone's trying to shoot the tire out or something i don't know what it was Damn, Damn. Terrifying. Yeah, but we were rolling around in a green Escalade. I mean, it's like the least yeah. conspicuous vehicle in the world, you know? In, in a town with a population of like a thousand, if that, you yeah. know what I mean? And so their, their grocery store was a Circle K, so it's like, uh, like you know, I don't, like I would feel some type of way if some, you know, guys I don't really like are rolling around in a $5,000, you know, Escalade, like, you know? So I don't know. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I mean, so, you definitely made I mean, some enemies there. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, it was weird. For nothing. For nothing. They're crazy people, but I mean, you could have gotten really hurt. You guys got so lucky. Well, yeah. And there were times mean, where we'd be out in this. Yeah, there were times where we'd be out in the street, and there would be people walking around in these dark corners at three a.m. And we're like, <laughs> "Oh, this is sketchy," <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. Well, what, what did a coach say to you about the witches? <laughs> we oh, well, no, yeah, I was standing there. <laughs> so, if you guys remember the episode. Uh, you saw Grant, myself, and Daryl talking to a coach, like, in the street, you know, getting a, a briefing. And as we're shooting that, obviously, it's not in the episode, this car walks up, or this car drives up, and this woman starts, like, shouting, like, oogie boogie boogie gibberish shit out of the window. We're like, what the hell was that? And he's all, oh, you know, that's just one of the town's witches. I was like, witches? He's like, yeah, she's one of the good ones. She's a white witch, not a dark witch, so you don't have to worry about her. I was like, oh, okay. a city official is acknowledging the presence of witches in his town right now, and we're not going to talk about that? Like, I looked over at Grant and Daryl. I'm like, "What? Why are we? Why are we not talking about this?" On the, on, yeah. you know, Can we get her over here? Like, 
and then the crew's like, okay, move on, move on, let's continue. I'm like, no, we have like no continuing right now. What are you talking about? Dude? An elected official is talking of like, oh yeah, it's just a witch. It's like, oh yeah, that's that's just our Balrog in the in the dungeon over there. But anyway, here's Don't our here's our it. fiscal plan for 2020. It's like what? <laughs> and not only that, dude, like if you remember, we had people coming up to us and talking about how there was a, a coven of witches. That yeah. were very dark in nature that were pushed out of town in the 70s. Like they right. were driven out of town. And like that right there was the moment I knew that something was different about Clifton. And we later learned that, you know, with the evidence we collected during our investigations, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. I was not yeah. expecting like witches and like people yelling yeah. shit out of cars. Jeez. Yeah, same here. Same here. And there's a, you know, there's a lot of strange things and a lot of stuff that didn't make the episode, obviously. And that was a two-parter and there's so much yeah. going on. The state highway that used to run through there was Route 666 and they changed yeah. it. And you know, going I, back, uh, there, was a, there was a TV show back in the 80s. Phil Donahue, yeah. I think is what it was. Yeah. And uh, he had witches on his show. And he said, if there's an evil place in this country, where would it be? And on the show, apparently, they point on a map and said Clifton, Arizona. <laughs> yeah. That's nuts. Uh -huh. is, that, is that the craziest experience you guys have had while trying to film in a location? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I don't think it gets uh, more nuts than that. <laughs> I will. I say while filming, and then there was also trying to leave Haynes, Alaska, where yeah. like we had we got delayed a day and then we couldn't even leave the dock on the second day because like the boat like when you see a grizzled guy who looks like he's a member of Deadliest Catch like sitting there all cool and then we hit a wave and then he's just like gulp and then he runs back to like talk to the captain and they had to turn the boat around like we were like damn twice man. twice yeah. we had to go through that that was a moment I thought for sure I was like this is it man we're not gonna make it this is the moment where yeah. we all die a horrible death in icy cold water because if yeah. those if that glass would have broke on that tin can of a boat that we were in it, yeah. we would have i mean we would have yeah. froze to death for yeah. sure yeah i mean we were we were carting over some like high school kids uh too like so like there was like that added pressure so i started looking i was like which one of these kids can float because i was just gonna like, build a raft <laughs> i <laughs> I, was just, I was gonna make sure they were adults and then I was gonna use them to float but it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. you're gonna be my flotation dummy yeah and we were there in February yeah like the coldest month of the year in Alaska so it was it was yeah. pretty nuts and then not only that when we had to come back and we weren't able to get out to get actually get out of the channel we we came back and went to the only establishment that's open in the town <laughs> Which is a bar that's open twenty four seven, by the way. Well, uh, we went in. <laughs> yeah, right. We walk in and we're telling the people. Well, days before that, people warned us that we probably wouldn't be able to get out. That was something that was floated toward to us at one point. Uh, we come back and the bartender's like, "Oh, well, you guys got lucky. Seven fishermen died in that channel a couple weeks ago, oh. so you're good." Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Nothing left to do but drink ice house. Two dollar fifty cent ice house. <laughs> Can't be two hundred fifty cent ice house. Ice house. How many extra days were you guys there? Like two, like, right? That's yeah, awesome. two extra days. Two extra days. Yeah. That sucks. I mean, it's not it was that scary. Hard. When you're like, well, I mean, in your in the honestly, middle, of yeah. Alaska. Yeah, and the second attempt to leave, uh, you know, luckily we had this, you know, boat captain. This guy was young too, man. He was probably like early thirties, and he 
it was, you know, avoided these waves by going all the way to the shoreline and just cutting across and just gunning it as fast as this boat can go. Cause there was only one section we had to get past and it would be smooth sailing from there. And yeah, it was scary, but he got us through it, man. He did it. Yeah. He was a badass. He was totally, totally badass. And it's like, we only had like they we left, tried to dock. And then it was like, we couldn't even leave the dock at one point. So they were chilling at the bar. And then we get the text from uh buddy, our, our, you know, production coordinator. He's like, guys, let's go wheels up. We went there and we had probably like a 40 minute window and then it was back to really, really choppy water. So if we missed that 40 minute window, we would have probably been there an extra day or two or God knows how long. Yeah. Still be in Alaska. Yeah. To this day. Just living there now. Life. We're Alaskans now. Okay, <laughs> so we could get me. This is my life. I'm an Eskimo. I don't do choppy water. That is the most terrifying thing I can think of. Yeah. yeah scary. That was nuts. It gives me anxiety just thinking about your story. So <laughs> this was something I was. Wondering. They should have put it in the show. Honestly, they should have started I, rolling on it. Honestly, I, I, I was that would have been dope. I thought so too. That uh, Brandon and I, it's like, oh, we might die, but then like in our heads, we're like, this would be great. Like, <laughs> let's film. Let's film this. Roll the cameras. Roll the cameras. Set up the GoPros. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It was freaky. That would go viral for sure. Yeah. <laughs> for other reasons yeah i know goodness gracious so are you guys filming now or are you guys no. still on hold because of covid oh yeah, yeah it's COVID. all shut down right now all shut down so what yeah, are you I've... guys what are you guys doing in the meantime besides talking to podcasters brandon i saw you crazy people like <laughs> crazy bitches i saw you were on um oh, who was it jim harold jim harold on sunday yeah yeah jim's awesome man that yeah. guy is a, a pro dude that guy is unbelievable he he hit me with some hard questions man which is good i like it it was fun it was good yeah. you know, we had a really serious discussion about like the science-based stuff which was awesome but yeah. so that was cool that was cool hey, we wrote a book though hey we wrote a, bur- yeah. a book during quarantine. yeah yeah we wrote, we, wrote a, we wrote a book and uh you completely like re-edited a feature-length film and like in yeah. a cemetery park which is like fucking incredible true crime yeah. story and then we, we got other we got other fire stoking and the other projects uh that we can't talk about just yet mm-hmm. but um we're, we've been we've been busy 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 little bees and uh, I can't wait for you guys to see what we've been working on. I can't wait for you guys to see the just like the title of the book, the ideas that we have. We can't say anything because we have to clear everything with Llewellyn. But uh, yeah, it's it's so good. Like I, I, every day, like I, I'm just like I look at the stuff that we have, and I was like, I never in a million years would think that I'd be capable of producing something that I'm like so proud of. It's just such a great feeling. I feel like a fucking winner, Dad. I feel like a winner. <laughs> that level of like, well, see, you know, <laughs> we relate to you in a way. Like, I mean, we're peons at this point, but I am doing the same thing you did. Like, I am working, and then I get home and I'm editing podcasts and I'm like doing all this shit. And my husband's fucking mad at me because I'm not showing him enough attention. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do hair. I've been at my salon almost yeah. 21 years. Wow. Dude, I want to do something fucking different. He's like, well, you know, it's just the podcast. I'm like, it's but not just I, a podcast. If I work yeah, on it hard cool. enough, that'll, yeah. you know, I don't have yeah, to do t- that. Tell that to Joe Rogan. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, 70K an episode. Like, you know, tell that to Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah. Right. I get what you're saying where you were like, I get, like, I just got to close my eyes and go to sleep because you had your two jobs. And that's what I'm doing right now. And yes, I have kids and I have a husband, but 
you guys are super inspiring for that stuff. I mean, thank you. No, we we stay busy, man. Mustafa and I. That's one thing about us, and you know why we get along so well is because our work ethic is identical. I mean, him and I do not stop. You know, we rarely sleep. We're constantly working. We're constantly coming up with new ideas and putting those things into motion. And that's something that you know him and I really hit off, hit it off about. Yeah. And then we continue to work together continuously every day. We're in communication and contact about. Yeah projects and we're, you know we're working on some stuff i think that's gonna you know you know revolutionize the paranormal film and i i think that you know people are really gonna like that and can't say too much but we're right. on something. well maybe yeah, when you can say more we can talk to you again about that yeah for sure give us your secrets <laughs> <laughs> maybe i won't be doing hair at that point <laughs> yeah <laughs> wow yeah. Thank you guys so much. This was so much fun. You guys I'm sorry. Awesome. You had to fucking pull over on the side of the road. To I know. I feel so bad. <laughs> no, no, it's cool. I was, I was speaking of working on was in the rehearsal or director session for this thing. It's like one of the few projects they're actually shooting in New York city. So, you know, I got uh cast for it. And uh, so I'm, I'm here and I'm doing that. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. We finished the rehearsal. I'm like, I gotta go. I'm like, all right, cool. So I like, perfect spot and yeah i'm here i always have it i, I literally carry my whatever you're doing in new yeah. york <laughs> i'm carrying i'm ca no i carry around like a lighting rig like i have a ring light here i have it all like i've done one in front I'm of old. us too. Yeah. i was gonna <laughs> comment on your lighting and be like spill your secrets because yeah. <laughs> you look so fucking good in a car <laughs> it's a little it's a little ring light if you know that's it i have it right here so we're good that's awesome that is awesome well, i'm so sad it's over I know. You we'll guys, be back. we'll be back. You guys are we'll fucking awesome. Thank you Thank so you. much for being on our show. So, and please, when all your secrets are able to be spoken about, please let us talk to you again. This was so yeah, awesome. for sure. You know, yeah, you got it. messages. You know, when the book comes out and when all these projects are coming We're out, be like, now. talk to me. I yeah. want to know. <laughs> I want to yeah. know. We'll put the second we know, we'll, we'll, we let everybody know. It's just like, it was hard keeping the, the book in, uh, you know, the announcements. Like when, and it was crazy. Like, you know, Brandon just set it out to like a bunch of publishers and we got like tons of responses just like right away. So that was really, really, really encouraging. So yeah, you know, to follow us on social and you'll see, we'll announce everything. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks guys. So Thank you so much. You. Have a good night. Right, Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. See you. Thank you.